Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the Finch Show, and I am James Finch. Here we love to talk cosplay, 3D printing, anything nerdy and rad. We also have a new Discord called Nerd Space. It's open. Go join it. Um, there's a side channel in there for stuff for the podcast, but the majority of it is just open conversation amongst us nerds. There's a channel there for comic books, TV and movies, 3D printing, cosplay questions, all those kinds of things. It's a lot of fun as a community, and we're looking to build it and get it to grow. But as I move into this episode, my guest is Dania Khalil, who is just so cool. She goes by the hijab hooligan on social media, um, does cosplay, does Twitch streaming. She was so much fun to talk to. So I'm going to shut up and get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, here's hijab hooligan. All right. So uh, coming to us from England, which I think is really cool. Um, whereabouts in England are you at? I'm in the northeast of England, a little town called Sunderland. Sunderland. Is that a big town or? Uh, it's a city, but it's a small one. Mm -hmm. Most people know the city above us, which is Newcastle. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That is really cool. The um, So uh, are you born and raised in England? Yes, born yeah. and raised here, right here in Sunderland. All right. So that being the case, what was uh, your first exposure, I guess, to what we would call nerd culture? <laughs> um I would probably say technically speaking my father um my dad used to have this ritual of every Friday or Saturday night sometimes both he'd sit and just chill out on his own watch movies um and sometimes as a really young kid when I didn't want to go to bed you know I'd come downstairs and I'd, I'd sneak my way into his lap and I would just sit and watch movies together until I fell asleep mm-hmm and, what and kind I of think movie? that was the first. What kind of movies was he playing? Oh my gosh, everything. I saw The Matrix with him. I saw Star Trek with him. X-Men, which was probably my favorite. Everything, everything you can think of. Mm -hmm. and, now, and now here you are. Um, here it's, it's been an interesting journey. What, uh, mm -hmm. what made you want to get into cosplay? Um, the internet, I think. I saw a lot of cosplayers online and I just saw how cool they looked and all the you know, the passion they had for it. And I just kind of, I wanted to try. And then a friend of mine also was getting into cosplay and she'd bring stuff into college and work on it. She'd sew on it in like our free periods. Um, and I think that really kind of kickstarted my interest in it. Mm -hmm. well, what was the first one you did? The first one I did was Storm from X-Men, but it was All really right. bad. <laughs> it was horrendous. I had like a two pound wig from like a supermarket for Halloween and oh, it was horrible. <laughs> well, so many, everybody, I think everybody's first cosplay is bad. Like that's because you're learning and you just, you're just so passionate <laughs> about doing, you're willing to say yeah. stuff like, oh, it looks fine. And then you look back on it in pictures and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that, that's really cool. Um, how do you feel like uh, your cosplay has evolved since then? Well, I learned to sew in a straight line. Let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think um, I've become more confident. I mean, like I said, my first cosplay, I wore a wig because I didn't think that like wearing a hijab in a cosplay was normal or maybe allowed. I don't know. Um, so definitely since then, I've just become a lot more confident in in myself in terms of like what I can and can't do, what's OK, what's maybe appropriate. Um, and I think it just reflects in like the amount of costumes that I've done and also the, the kind of characters that I do as well. I pick a lot more recognizable characters now rather than like the little ones that I think I can get away with. Mm -hmm. The um, yeah, the 
that's you have a hijab yeah sure i mean that's the great thing about cosplay is sort of like you you know you're going to dress up as a character that you admire but you're also going to bring something of yourself to it as well and uh it seems as though um social media has responded really positively to you doing that yeah for the most part i've been very very lucky with that yeah a lot of Mm. people really like it yeah for the most part have you had any backlash or anything I mean, it's the internet. No one is safe, really. Right. Everyone, you can't please everyone. So I have had the odd comment here and there, but nothing that would dissuade me from, you know, continuing on with it, I think. Yeah, good. Don't ever let it, for sure. Um, well, cool. Uh, you know, I, that being said, uh, kind of like bigger picture, all in all, uh, as you've continued on with this, with both cosplay um, and, of course, with Twitch streaming, how has social media life been for you? It's been... A roller coaster, I would say. There's been an amazingly like overwhelming amount of positivity, and it definitely wasn't something I expected, which is why I say roller coaster. It was like a, a huge high. Um, and then there's been you know the lows where I kind of I see that I'm not getting as much engagement, maybe, and it kind of puts me off and makes me think, what's the point if no one's gonna see it? But no, overall, it's been really, really good, really positive. Yeah, you can't let those you can't let those valleys like yeah. bother you. And I know I've been there. Like, you know, I've been, I'm to the point where I've been doing this podcast for three years and there, are, I don't know if you've been there. Like for me, there were times where I almost thought to myself, you know, I've got another episode scheduled next week. That might be my last one. Like I'm just kind of yeah. done. I feel like it's just, you know, spinning mud. And then, and then for whatever reason, it seems like just about the time you're at that point, something happens. Yeah. And like, you know, then just like you said, the roller coaster starts going back up and you're like, Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot how much fun this is. And I've, you know, so yeah, don't ever, don't ever let that dissuade you from stop doing it. Um, Do you make it to a lot of comic cons? Uh, Yes. Um, I took a bit of a break for a few years, to be honest, just to focus on my studies and kind of graduating, getting into work and things like that. Um, But I mean, it was to the point where I was going to like one every week. I was going to a lot of comic cons and now I'm going to a few, I'm spreading it out to maybe two or three a year and focusing on kind of making something new for each one. Mm -hmm. Are there a lot of cons in England? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's still honestly one, probably at least one or two a month, if not more. Yeah. There's quite a lot. Wow. That's, um, that's, that's like the interesting note, like geographically speaking. Mm. And I've noticed that as somebody who's like, um, you know, an American and I live like practically right in the smack dab in the middle of the landmass that is the United States. And uh, people from Europe, and especially people from England who come here, one of the biggest complaints they have is how long it takes to get anywhere because everything is so spread out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you remember like the size that England is, is that you could have a con and it's, you know, what, like a couple hour drive away at most. And it's like, yeah. I've got one I want to go to in March. It's like a four hour plane ride just to get oh, to wow. California. <laughs> and it's the same thing the other way if you want to go to new york so it's like just trying to make it three cons a year for me is a huge undertaking uh what's the what's the turnout at the cons there um it would depend on the con to be honest but normally they tend to be very busy very big as well um i went to mcm it was my first one and i know that that's like a massive one i've heard a lot about it over the years and if I remember right, I think the figures went up to like 10,000 people, wow. maybe more in attendance over the three days. So it was it was huge. Mm-hmm. Where's that one at? That was in London, but they oh. do have Birmingham and they used to have Manchester, but that's been replaced now. Oh, why'd they do that? 
I don't actually know. <laughs> as far as I remember, everyone used to rave about Manchester being the best one, and I always wanted to go, but I've heard it's been replaced with something else now. So. Oh man, that's too bad. I've always like Manchester. Well, England's always been on like my my bucket list. Um, you and yeah, I know. <laughs> you and I were talking. Um, I don't know what it was a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or something mm-hmm. like that. We were having a chat. Yeah. A lot of, uh, I have a lot of family and ancestry from there, from Wales and from England and from yes. Scotland. And That's I'm right. like, Oh man, I've, I've always wanted to go. It's 100% on my list. I almost went when I was in college, they were doing a summer program in Cambridge and I right. wanted to go so bad. I had the flyer and it was like, uh, it was uh, British literature, like, like three week retreat to Cambridge. And I was wow. so excited. And then eventually the professor came and passed out the stuff. And yeah, it was like, $3,500. And I'm like, I was a poor college student. I'm like, I've been there. <laughs> and like, that would have been well, so- if you, if you, if you're interested, I think I just saw something about Wales Comic Con is happening very soon. Ooh. So, uh, Ooh. where's that at in Wales? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. I would love couldn't to tell you. <laughs> there is not to me, there's nothing funnier than Welsh names like the names of some of the towns and stuff like that it cracks oh, me yeah. up because it's like and for those who don't know like just go google it like welsh names roll off the tongue like elmer's glue it's just yes. like it is it is so bad uh my my great grandmother was welsh mm. and people will think like oh well she was welsh she probably just spoke with a british accent like no it was a welsh accent like it was yeah. so thick i couldn't even though it was technically the same language i couldn't understand what she was saying half the time she'd get so mad at me because she'd want me to like bring her the calendar for like straining but the way she was saying it i thought she wanted me to bring her the calendar and i'd bring her the calendar and she'd start throwing vegetables at me she's like no <laughs> i want the calendar and you're like jeez oh, okay. <laughs> that is, that is so cool um yeah i would god i would love to get over there that would be absolutely amazing um so what uh, what made you want to start twitch streaming oh um well, I've been a gamer for most of my life, to be honest, as far as I, as far back as I can remember. And I don't know, I guess I just kind of wanted to share it with people. I spend a lot of time, you know, with friends online. And I just thought, well, if it's something that I'm as passionate about as I am with cosplay, why not bring it in and kind of, you know what I mean? Like mix the two together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess streaming is the best way to do that, to be honest, because then you get to interact with people and chat to them in real life, in real time and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it seems like everybody's been pretty positive. You know, I've managed to pop in on a couple streams and it seems like a lot of fun. Uh, you said you've been a gamer for a long time. What are your what are your favorite games? Oh my goodness. Uh right now I play a lot of Apex, Apex Legends, and I play Destiny 2. Um, but generally speaking, I've played uh Skyrim, Assassin's Creed, every single one of them, um, apart from the new one. Uh what else? What else have I played? Fable two and three and and the first one fallout zelda mario everything everything you can think of <laughs> well if you're gonna if you're gonna mention um assassin's creed that's gonna turn into a whole conversation because i'm like go for it i am an absolute died in the wall oh, assassin's creed same fan. same um favorite one two yeah yeah Yours? that might be i like that one i liked brotherhood slightly better um I can see why. I can see why. I love the story in Brotherhood. Yes. But I'll be honest, I liked Ezio's costume more in two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With like the the, the gray and 
Yes, it was. I've got, I don't have it behind me. I've got the statue of it on the shelf up there. I've got like awesome. A shelf. Is it the one where he's jumping off the tower? He's doing the leap of faith? No, no, it's the one where he's uh, just, you know, walking with his arms out to each side and the hidden oh, blades so out. So cool. Um, I've got a shelf up there that's got a line of assassins. I've got nice. Cassandra, Arno, Altair, Connor, and Ezio. Yeah. Love that. I, I keep wanting to get the uh, Jacob and Evie Fry ones, but they're so oh, expensive. They are, but oh, they're stunning. Yeah, they are. They look absolutely amazing. Um, but you haven't played the most recent one. No. No. Only but, because of when it came out was like slap bang in the middle of obviously COVID and work was just crazy and I've just not had the chance. I do own it. I just haven't actually sat down to play it yet. <laughs> you have to let me know when you do. I was uh, maybe it was just me. I was so excited because Odyssey was so good. Mm, I loved yes. Odyssey. And then Ragnarok came. And of course, that that period in British history, I love, you know, the Norse invasion and all that. Yes. All that jazz. Um I don't know, it was me. It felt really grindy. It felt really mm. grindy. It felt like there were a lot of times where it's like, you just had to go over here and do a whole bunch of this to even, yeah. you know, you'd have to like, mm. like if you want to continue on with these missions, that's fine, but you need to level up like five levels first. All right. So you're just like running around doing stuff. And that, yeah, maybe it was just me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> gameplay is beautiful. I mean, you know, you, yeah. when it comes to that, that company, why did I just, completely brain fart in the name of the company that makes Ubisoft. That. Ubisoft. Yeah. You can't yes. sleep on the graphics department. Like they know what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Um, did you like black flag? Yes. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Probably one of my other favorites as well. I love that game in general. I'm like obsessed with anything to do with pirates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously black flag for me was like, Oh my God, it's a pirate Assassin's Creed movie. This is the best thing ever. Yeah. So yeah well, loved it was it. It was good. It. And I love the way in Assassin's Creed 3, they sort of introduced the ship battle thing to just kind of test the waters, you know, no pun intended, um, see if people yes. liked it. And then, <laughs> and then when they came with Black Flag, it was just, oh, that was still the to this game. I think of all the Assassin's Creeds that I had pre-ordered and was most excited for. Mm. And it was so good. I mean, like right out of the yes. box, just bam, right there. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was honestly one of the best ones. Would had it not been for Ezio coming out before, probably Black Flag would be my favorite game. Right. Yes. Of all of them. <laughs> the um, I had the funny thing. I remember I bought um the first Assassin's Creed mm. when it came out, and like I don't know what it was. Maybe like halfway through it, I just kind of like lost interest. I was just kind of oh. like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, and I don't know how many years it was later that Assassin's Creed Two was out. Yeah. And I was at like GameStop and they had a copy of it on sale for 10 bucks. All right. And, and I was like, well, the first one I thought was okay. I don't think I ever finished it, but for 10 bucks, I'll give it a shot. You know, and then I was just like down the rabbit hole, man. I was like, I was obsessed with that game. You were hooked. It, but the timing of it couldn't have been better because as it just so happens, because I wasn't paying any attention to Assassin's Creed, I bought this used copy of Assassin's Creed 2. And after I finished it, I realized a week later was when Brotherhood came out. So I got oh. to just like smoothly go right into Brotherhood. Went straight from two to yes, Brotherhood. That's yes. awesome. Um, oh, I and love it, that. And it was just a, yeah. And then three, um, Unity was a little, mm, what'd you think? I want to hear you. I really, really loved Unity. The really? story behind <laughs> it just blew my mind. I was obsessed with Unity for the longest time. 
I don't know. I, I really, really loved it. I know the multiplayer was very janky when it first came out. And by that, I mean, it was basically unplayable. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I mostly played Assassin's Creed for the stories rather than multiplayer. So obviously when that came out in Unity, yes, I was hyped, but it wasn't a big deal to me. Right. Um, so I didn't care as much, but I loved the story so much. And Arno is, again, hands down one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, storyline-wise, it was phenomenal. I thought the storyline to Unity was great. Um, that game just, unfortunately, it had so many bugs when it came out. It was yeah. so janky. I yeah. remember getting frustrated just trying to, like, play the campaign. Mm. And, like, you would all of a sudden just, like, fall off buildings. Or you would get stuck inside a wall. And then you'd have to restart yeah. the whole game. And I think... Uh, but, you know, thinking about it, that's probably just kind of what left the impression on me is that I'm like, oh, God, I don't Fair like this enough. game. Storyline wise, it was great. Yeah. Um, I love the way. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why it was Elise. Was that his? Yeah. Yeah. Elise. Yeah. The way she was a member of the Templars and it kind of had yes. that, you know, that Romeo and Juliet aspect. to Yeah, it for, sure. for sure. That was a lot of fun. Um, and sometimes those games, I think it doesn't help the fact that it came out on the heels of Black Flag. You know, True. and Black Flag was True. so good. It had big and, shoes to fill. Yes, and that's that for makes sure, it for sure. that makes it. And that maybe I'm saying the same thing now about Ragnarok. Maybe that's why I don't like it so much because mm. because that was so good. Uh, what did you think of the movie? I re- again, I really liked it. I I understand why it didn't do as well as expected, but I mean, as I I ended up cosplaying a character from it, so mm-hmm. you can tell I did enjoy it. <laughs> but but no, I I honestly really liked it. I just kind of wish they'd spent a bit more time on fleshing out the character storylines and and a little bit, you know, maybe on, I guess, developing the story rather than just throwing you face first into war. Right. But I did like it though. Mm-hmm. I really did like it. The casting was great. The music was stunning. The visuals were just ten ten. Mm-hmm. I, you know i ended up a little uh, split like i completely understand why they just picked a different assassin that they made it for the movie yeah. because that's a great thing about like the lore is that you can do that like oh yeah, yeah. um so i thought that was cool storytelling because mm-hmm. then you're not people aren't complaining about canon right <laughs> you yes, know if you just exactly you just make one exactly. up on the other hand i would have loved to have seen Ezio on the big screen oh, like, same same like i uh I would have died like if they would have just done like, you know, Same. they could have done like a, a trilogy of movies that were just Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood, like oh, just in even even to into um oh what was the third one with Ezio? Revelations. Revelations, yes. Mm-hmm. Where it was like old man Ezio, he was like Obi-Wan Ezio, you know, I out there that, doing his know. thing. I really like that they did that with him. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, honestly love it. They yeah. saw his story through from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. I love that especially the end man the very end of that one where it like goes to like altair being the old man and the vault and he says i'm just gonna sit down and then it's like his yep. hands a skeleton and Ezio standing that was such a oh man i got i got goosebumps like yep. straight up goosebumps watching yep. that cuts i remember my wife was sitting next to me she started to tear up yeah she was like oh, i was no. that was me I was like, crying. <laughs> i'm not crying don't worry about <laughs> what um and that was the cool thing about that game is that you got to go back and uh, do some Altair stuff. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Me too. I, I, I played um, the first Assassin's Creed with Altair. I actually didn't play that on like a console. I played that on a laptop when I was younger. I remember, I don't even know who gave it to me, but someone gave me a copy of the CD and I still have it to this day. 
a really old copy of the like the PC version back when that was a thing. Mm. And um, that's how I played it. So obviously my first like introduction to Assassin's Creed was before I even had my own console. Mm -hmm. And then I carried that into obviously two and then Brotherhood and so on with the rest of the games on a console. So I kind of got like the whole I feel like I had the whole experience because I went from pre-console gaming to console gaming to now next-gen console gaming all with Assassin's Creed <laughs> yes <laughs> so those stories just uh they mean a lot to me they were made up a massive part of my childhood so I was really happy to see that you kind of got to go back to do that stuff because now then I got to do the Altair stuff on a console mm -hmm. well and just... the 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 first Assassin's Creed it was interesting because they um you know at the time I don't they didn't have in their heads what all of this lore was going to be yet oh yeah you know it you wasn't fully fleshed out and i may yeah. be telling you stuff you already know but the game was originally meant to be a, a prince of persia game um yeah i heard yeah. about that years and years later yeah and i like, can see it but i'm glad they didn't take that direction with it right right i mean when you look at the way altair is dressed you you see that for sure yes. um and i i could be wrong everybody's going to correct me on this later um uh, but as I remember, it was like three quarters of the way through production. They had to change it to an original storyline and everything. So a lot of that. Stuff, so a lot of the stuff wasn't fully fleshed out. Um, it's great in terms of like the world that the universe that it started for us. Um, mm -hmm. My oldest son, who is also a huge Assassin's Creed. We've been talking for years. I would love for Ubisoft to go back and just do an Altair game. You know, just oh, like yeah. take us back to his time. Give us a full game of his, his adventures back in that That'd world be awesome. because it'd be great to play as Altair with like the current game mechanics that they have yeah. you know and get to explore him as a character and you know because he wasn't really I don't think he was really all that fleshed out in the first one no I feel like he just kind of threw you straight into his life as an assassin never really went into a lot of his life before and things like that so yeah I I, I know what you mean I see mm -hmm. what you're saying I wish they I would think it that. would be cool to play to play another Altair game what uh, and I haven't heard anything. I've heard nothing about a new one. Me neither. You know, to be honest. Ubisoft there for a while. They were cranking a new one out almost every yeah. single year, and then they kind of yeah. like they kind of like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna slow down on that. And yeah, well, I, I think just... now a lot of their focus is on Rainbow, isn't it? Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Bringing out like like um, battle passes and things like that, and and more content for that. So. That's too Who knows. Bad. Just, just, just more Assassin's Creed. That's all they need to do. Please. Like, there's enough shooters out there. Let's go. You know, um, here's a kind of a weird question, but related question. Have you played uh, Ghost of Tsushima at all? No, I haven't, but it is on my list. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about it. But again, I've just not had much time to start anything new. My problem is if I start a new game, I have to sit there and play the whole thing through. If I take a break, I will either forget or lose interest mm -hmm. or get too busy. So <laughs> right. I need to like dedicate like three weeks or, or maybe not like a week of just straight gaming to, to start and finish a new game. Yeah. The, uh, and the, the reason I bring it up is it's sort of related because it came out, you know, roughly around the same time Assassin's Creed Ragnarok oh, came out. Okay. And I've told people, I said, Ghost of Tsushima is my favorite Assassin's Creed game that came out that year. Because it plays 100% like an Assassin's Creed game, like oh, okay. like top to bottom, like the open world and, you know, how you build your character and what you want to do. You can decide whether you want to sneak into places and take people out or you just want to charge in with your sword out and say, let's do this. Um, 
graphics wise probably one of the most beautiful games i've ever played in my I life i have heard i have heard oh my you know maybe it's just me i i like somewhat in college have a background in japanese history so that like period is like one of my absolute loves and to just That's get awesome. to be in that time period and just run around and see everything you know um yeah yeah really really cool Oh, that's really cool. What um, what's all Assassin's Creed cosplay have you done? Oh my goodness, what have I not done? Actually, no, <laughs> actually, no. You know what? I've done like maybe six or seven different versions versions of Ezio, and I've done Maria from the movie. Mm-hmm. And I really want to say that's it. I started on an Evie cosplay from Syndicate, but it was um, what was his name? The uh, that weird doctor. I can't remember his name now, but it was like the steampunk skin where she's got like the the, the one shoulder pad and there's like like electric yeah like lights and stuff coming off of it. That skin, that's the one I started making, but it's kind of just sitting there <laughs> untouched for about three years. <laughs> Anybody who cosplays knows that story. We all oh, know yeah. what that's like. Yeah, I've got I've got a table over here. I've got like five or six 3d printed helmets sitting there they're in various stages of primer and some of them are so bad i'd have to dust them off before i start applying any more paint to them or anything yep yeah what um do you have in your head cosplays that uh you want to do in the future assassin's creed or just oh, anything just anything honestly i've got too many yeah um i think the main ones are i really 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 want to finish eris morn from destiny because that is another one of those that I started like years and years ago and just haven't gotten around to. Um, Evelyn from KDA. Um, to be honest, I really want to do Arno as well. <laughs> I would love to do Arno. I just think the costume is so cool. I love the, the, the coat and like the, I don't know, there's just something about it. I love it. Yeah, he's very uh debonair. It's very, it's very, it's very different from like what came before. So like Ezio and Altair's robes kind of they they look similar, you know what I mean? The color scheme and the way that it's all sort of flowy and things like that. Arno was the first one. Well, he wasn't Connor was, but that had like kind of a jacket rather than robes, if Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, and I don't know, there's just something about that, like a, a structured jacket with the vest underneath it just uh it's like it's like it it it's something I want to make. I would love to be able to make that myself mm-hmm. and have it like properly fit and stuff. Oh, that'd be so yeah, cool. that was an interesting transition. Now that you mm-hmm. mentioned that, for sure, because of the period in time, if you'd have lived during Altair's period or during Ezio's period, um, robes were common. Like, yeah. so for an assassin to wear robes and blend into a crowd, it was fine. By the yes. time you get to Edward and Black Flag, it's starting to get a little weird. Like people yeah. at that time didn't really wear robes, you know. But, exactly yeah. but you're absolutely right though when you get to unity that's the way a person who lived in that period would have blended in yes by dressing that way yeah because it was set in the french revolution crowd. and obviously a lot of the uh the military wore something similar but in red so mm-hmm. it was quite cool that they gave him something very much inspired by obviously the militia but it was in 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 his colors in blue and white with a little hint of red mm-hmm. I, I don't know there's just something about that i thought that was really really cool Right. I don't, I don't, speaking of which, I don't know how people wore that stuff back then. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely, I have absolutely no idea I've done. Um, and I don't know if you're really familiar at all. And it, I guess it doesn't matter if you are uh, the, the American civil war mm. happened in the 1860s. And, you know, when I was in college, I was a history major. 
and i would occasionally i don't know if it was i don't even know if you'd call it cosplay but i do like historical events you know and i'd i'd have a few civil war generals that i'd dress up as and it would be like you know dark blue wool pants a white linen shirt a blue wool vest and then a blue wool overcoat and white gloves and a hat (laughs) and you're standing outside in the virginia heat where the heat index is like 103 and you're just standing out there all day long and i'm like and these people just did this for a living. Like they couldn't go inside the air conditioning. Yeah. They went into their tent. Yeah, they went to war in this stuff. They literally right. battled in this stuff. Yes. Oh, They'd uh, get out on the road and march for 10 miles a day. And yeah, I don't. Oh yeah. my God. Can you imagine the BO? Oh, the BO would have been the worst. Oh, it's no. the fact that when I think of those times, I think of obviously that's when things like trains used uh, were, were starting to become a popular mode of transportation. And obviously all of that, um, just just heat like i just think of like like fumes and smoke and just hot do you know what i mean like yes. just just hot the word hot comes to mind yes and it's just oh uh, yes awful. and doing um especially you know and it's kind of this bizarre history um i remember i was talking to this professor uh history professor from oh god i can't remember off the top of my head he was british he was a okay. british history professor in England, um, who was here in the United States for, for an event that I was at, and I was talking to him, and he had made some crack about how um, about how funny it was about how short American history is by comparison to British history, which is true. Right. Like, you know, you go British history, you can go back, you know, thousands of years, where if you're talking, well, strictly like, you know, from the colonial period forward, you're talking like 300 years, and by comparison, mm. it's not near that much, but uh, you know, out here in the area where I live, where I'm primarily surrounded by farm country, and we have a museum nearby, historical society, that has a replication of what people would have lived like here, like 170 years ago. It was a one-room shack. It was a one-room wood shack that had a fireplace and a loft, dirt and hay on the floor. And you realize that, like, living here, like, we'll go through the summers where it gets, like, over 100 degrees, and in the winter, it'll get negative, sometimes for weeks on end. And you just try to imagine like before trains, before cars, before any of that stuff, you'd have been stuck in one of these rooms with you, your spouse, probably your seven children for literally (laughs) weeks and months on end, Mm -hmm. going to the bathroom in a chamber pot, dumping it outside. You typically kept your chickens and pigs and sometimes even your cows inside with you. So they didn't die in the cold. All of the the only thing you had to light anything was candles. Candles were made from animal fat. So those were burning. Oh, there are yeah. times I don't think I'd want a time machine purely just because <laughs> like, I don't think my nostrils would be able to hand it, yeah. handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah. What, um, so I'll, I'll totally switch gears on you here now. What are your current thought on uh, the MCU and everything that's happened and what we're told is coming? Um, mixed feelings, <laughs> mixed feelings. I, have always trusted Marvel so I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to trust them and hope that they do the right thing I'm very excited for a few of the projects that were announced at um San Diego um but at the same time I think there are certain things that maybe should just end there mm-hmm. if you know what I mean yeah which ones um <laughs> um <laughs> I think some of the some of the OG Avengers stories should really just end where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with examples but I can't I can't remember exactly what was announced I know there was that big um poster with all the different titles I think mostly the ones that I'm excited for are the ones that are coming back from being gone for a while so Daredevil mm-hmm. um being the biggest one to be honest um and Black Panther as well because obviously we haven't had any other movies since you know since Chadwick passed away and I think that would be really cool to see what they do with that um but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about some of the other ones. Right. Um, have you been enjoying any of the Disney Plus shows? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, WandaVision, amazing. Loki was really, really good as well. I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm not going to lie. Um, Hawkeye was really good as well. Um, Moon Knight was all right. Okay. All right. All right. They could have done more with it, but it was okay for what it was. Uh, yeah. Trying to just, think what were the other ones? Were there any other ones? Uh, there was Miss Marvel and I think that might that might have been all. I think of them that so might far. have been it. Mm, yeah. Oh, what enough. if technically? Yeah, I haven't fully sat down and caught up with what if yet, so I'm not commenting oh. on that just yet. But the few that I saw, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But that was all the way back, like season one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, the um, and it's good because for those who haven't watched it, watch it because you feel like it's these series of one shots and it kind of is. Yeah. But at the end of it, they all tie in together into yeah. like one super massive thing that's just mind blowing and so much fun. That's that was because I remember the what if comics when I was a kid. They'd like randomly put it out there like, what if Wolverine had been Spider Man's mentor or what if you know, <laughs> blah, blah blah blah. So to see him play it out is fun. I I hope they go on with that for a long time. I'm um. I'm still not sure how I feel about Miss Marvel yet. I'm not like, I get, you ever get to that point where those were like, you want to like it, but you're just not sure yet. I don't know. Yes. How do you feel about it? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat there. I, I like it, but I dislike certain elements in it. I think, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a weird one. I was always really excited for like, generally speaking, as a kid, when when I heard about Miss Marvel, it was like, oh, my God, you know, the first like, well, not the first, but the the first official, you could say, like Muslim, um, what would eventually become an Avenger. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is, you know, it's representative and it's so cool. And she's young as well. So a lot of the younger people we like like me, we could really like relate. And then I saw the show and I was like, a lot of this doesn't actually happen in real life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is very like, I don't know, it's very inaccurate. And it kind of made me feel a bit like, oh, maybe they didn't get it right after all. Mm-hmm. Which you parts I mean? do you, well, like, what do you mean? Um, it may be different because technically I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, she's Pakistani and I'm not. So maybe that's why. But I did feel like a lot of the religious stuff in it just wasn't really very well represented um so trying to think like the first thing i thought was like this is a really random one but like there was have you seen the show yeah Mm -hmm. okay there was that one scene where um kamala's talking to uh nakia and and they're in the mosque and the imam sat at the front and he's giving his speech and he's giving kind of like 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 the sermon basically on the day and then he kind of stops it to be like excuse me you know can you guys not talk and 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 Kamala kind of retorts back saying you know if we could see you and stuff like that that wouldn't be the case things like that don't really tend to happen Mm -hmm. um 
I don't know. It just it just felt a bit like they were trying to show that like like women weren't really heard or listened to in in well, I mean, at least in my community, it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, we've always had like for our local mosque, anyways, we had like a a, a head brother and a head sister, we'd call them. And we had very much like the the panel kind of who who ran the mosque and who looked into kind of community events and things like that. There was always, if anything, there was always more females on it than guys. And it was just make to make sure that everyone was heard and everyone was represented. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the show didn't really do that and didn't really show that. And I worry that, you know, people who thought maybe that the religion was quite misogynistic might then think that even mm-hmm. more after seeing the show. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> but, know. I will say though, story-wise, as it progressed, I did enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Especially when you see her kind of evolve more into Miss Marvel, but that has nothing to do with the cultural background. That's just her as a character. Right. Yeah. So, I um I that's it. That's interesting that you say that. And I kind of wondered about that. I sort of feel like mm. um, you know, as over the decades that we've been introduced to characters, you know, such as Miss Marvel. And by Miss Marvel, I mean Kamala Khan, because yes. Carol Danvers was the original. Miss Marvel. Yep. And I'm so glad they made the change they did because I remember reading the comics and like the 80s and the 90s and even into the early 2000s like Carol Danvers Miss Marvel was a blonde playboy like bimbo who just had powers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And they kind of made that decision to like modernize her and like give her a modern like look and rename her Captain Marvel and introduced Kamala Khan as the Miss Marvel. Um, but we've seen a lot of really cool things such as that happening and Miles Morales and yes. these things that are beginning to, because, you know, as one of my favorite Marvel writers once said, there were a lot of us in the early 2000s who were looking around and were like, Marvel's really white. <laughs> it is really white in this room. We need to start to like, you know, um, change a lot of that up. And I'm so glad they did because representation is great representation is is so important um in the world um but the thing that stuck out at me from exactly what it was you were talking about and not and knowing like virtually next to nothing about um the islamic faith is that that scene in there the exact one you were talking about it felt to me it felt forced yeah it felt like they were trying to force the the strong female in on top of the muslim thing which i don't have a problem with except when it feels forced if that makes sense yeah 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 no i agree 100 i agree like i said for the most part for the majority of communities that doesn't need that they don't need that kind of that forceful you know female presence because they generally do have one already and mm-hmm. like to my knowledge anyways i don't know any woman that would say that she was intimidated by you know, the men in her community are, are too intimidated to go to a mosque or, you know what I mean? Or to put her voice forward or I don't know. I just felt that part was a little bit too much, mm-hmm. maybe. Especially since everything that you saw from the show from there going forward, it seemed like it was a pretty liberal, pretty progressive mosque yeah, after exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. It just felt like they had that one scene just to show it. And then that was about it. Everything after that was fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. I don't know. It was a bit weird. Yeah, especially since um, like you get in like the later episodes where it was really cool, where mm. it felt like the whole mosque was coming together as a community to protect protect Kamala. And at that point in time, there wasn't okay, you women get in the back. Us men need to talk and come up with a plan. Right. Yeah. It, it, and that I think that's why it stuck out to me is it felt like mm. it's sort of like 
had to have that in there to try to make some kind of point but then later the rest of their behavior was completely different yeah yeah okay hmm i uh i think the biggest problem that i had with miss marvel like i've had with so many of the marvel shows is there are only six episodes yeah you know that is so fresh i felt that way about moon knight and wandavision and falcon Mm. and the winter soldier like why can't you make these at least 10 or 12 or 57? Yeah, give us more of it. Yes. <laughs> and then and then we have to wait for another. Like we were left on such a cliffhanger at the end of Loki. Oh my gosh. But I'm just yeah. like. <sighs> but hey, season two is coming. It is. It and is. I'm very excited. Very was very I, excited. Uh, maybe they're just taking a while to get to it. Was I the only one who thought that like what happened at the end of Loki was going to be like a big deal and the Marvel movies yeah. coming after that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not the only one for sure. I thought the same. Uh, one of my sisters, actually, one of my younger sisters, she loves Loki so much. She's obsessed with him. And I think she thought the same. She was like so excited for Thor to come out because she was like, oh, we're going to see Loki come back. Oh, there's going to be a post credit scene where he, he appears again. And then it didn't happen. And we were like, where's Loki? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on? Where is he? They just left him. Right. Well, and then you felt like you had Loki ended. And then when you knew Spider-Man No Way Home was coming, like you felt like the whole multiverse thing like that was going to be connected somehow. Like, yes. how could it not? Yeah. And then it just felt like it wasn't at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. I see some online theories talking about like, oh, it wasn't Doctor Strange that messed his spell up. Like he doesn't realize it, but it's actually that was at the moment mm-hmm. that Loki or that Sophie killed Kang. And so that just happened to, and I'm like, okay, but they didn't in any way, shape or form allude to that in the movie. Yeah, they didn't any hint at it or anything. Yeah. I think a lot of things I saw as well, I was expecting this, I'm not going to lie, was um, towards the end of Hawkeye. I was expecting there to be some reference to Spider-Man and to, to what was going on there because they were technically both in, in, um, in New York at the time and they were very close to each other. And I kept hoping for, for even just a reference. You know, you just see like a hint of red in the corner or something and you know, okay, They've just crossed paths, but they don't actually nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You saw, very you strange. saw it very briefly in the movie. Mm, yeah. Only because in the movie at the very beginning, when Peter Parker is swinging with MJ, you can see the billboard in the background for the, the Rogers musical. Yes. You know, but outside of that, that's okay. I, yeah. I, um, I have, I, I'm going to be brutally honest. I've never been a fan of the Hawkeye character. Oh, really? I've never been a big fan of Jeremy Renner playing the character. Oh, seriously? Um, okay. Why not? And, uh, part of it is, is because honestly, and I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to be mean. I've seen him in stuff outside of MCU. I don't think he's that strong of an actor. Um, okay. I realize there's like a fracture point here that I think is making me critical of all this. The thing about me is one of my hobbies is I'm an archer. Like I, I, I love to shoot bow and arrow. Um, Jeremy Renner, I guarantee you, has never had a day of archery training in his life. He mm. holds his bow wrong in every single scene. And mm. you try not to let it bother you. You genuinely try not to let it bother you. Yeah. <clears throat> but on the flip side, even if you've never fired a gun before, you know how a gun fires. Mm. So if you're watching a movie and somebody is holding a gun sideways, it's going to bother the crowd. Like, it's just going to take you out of that. Yeah, illusion. I get what you mean. Yeah. And he yeah. holds his bow wrong and draws it wrong every single time. And I've even heard him like joking about in interviews. He's like, I don't care. I just show up and shoot the scenes. And in post-production, they make it look good. And <laughs> I'm like one of the small percentage people on the planet who's like, no, they don't make it look good. It still looks bad. Um, <laughs> the, the great redeeming thing about Hawkeye, though, the show was Kate Bishop. 
Like mm. I love the yeah. Kate Bishop character and the fact yeah. that Yelena got to come into it at the end. Yes, it was so I like much that. fun. I lo- I want to like. I just want her to like announce that they just signed her to a 10 movie deal because I will like amazing. Oh my God. I would watch her for hours. (laughs) You and me both. I'm like, there are, there are those few actors that, um, and characters, Mm -hmm. like if they announced right now that next week there was a 10 hour Loki movie coming out, I would take the week off work. Oh, like, 100%. Let's go 100%. do it. Anytime Tom Hiddleston wants to put on the green coat, I'm all about it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, what's been your favorite MCU movie so far? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I really like No Way Home. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing movie. Oh, I mean, of course, of course. You saw... Oh, 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 my heart, my heart. They brought Toby and Andrew back. That for me probably will always be my favorite movie because of that, because of that one specific part. Um, it's everything my little childhood self hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, probably also, uh, I'd say Infinity War. Probably the first part, though, not the second, obviously, because the second was where all the heartbreak happened. But the first one I thought was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Really well done. So, yeah, I think those two are my favorites. The um, I love that the No Way Home, Infinity War and Endgame are like the three movies mm-hmm. that I wish Doctor Strange could like wipe my brain and I could watch them again for the first time. Yes. Because absolutely. nothing beats that, you know? Yep. Um, I remember going to the th- the theater for all of those and the end of in- Infinity War, yeah, it was a lot of heartbreak, but when it came to Endgame, Endgame was especially the end, like that whole big yep. fight scene was just like, I remember like how often is it that you're sitting in a movie theater and everybody goes nuts like it's a sports event. Yes, you know everyone I mean? did that at mine. Everyone stood up and gave them a standing ovation. It was the best thing ever. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness. When Cap says Avengers Assemble, like people were throwing their hats in the air. Yeah. Like the theater was up for grabs, man. It was yep. just, Literally, it was crazy. That was incredible. But that's the thing as well. That makes the experiences when you go and like there's, there's other diehard fans around you that all you know, they feel how you feel right now. They're excited when you're excited. They're, they're sad when you're sad. It just, it makes the experience so much better. Yes. And I, I mean, no way home. Like the second Andrew Garfield stepped through that portal, like it was, because you knew once he was in it, Toby was going to be in it. Yeah. Like th- there was no way they could do one and not the but other. But at the same time, I think it still surprised everyone to see him come in afterwards. Because everyone thinks, okay, Andrew Garfield is still possible. He still, he looks young enough to, to, but Toby, obviously, he's grown up a lot and, and he's definitely not his, you know, 18 year old Peter Parker. So when everyone saw it again, it was one of those everyone was up, you know, clapping and screaming and <laughs> whooping and oh, it was incredible. Absolutely an experience. Yes. I'm so glad I had. Yeah. One of those things I don't think um, I'll, I'll ever forget. Like it ends up like one of those core memories, like because I've been dead probably like a lot of people. I've been to a ton of movies throughout my life. Yep. But there are those few ones that are like an experience beyond anything yes. that it's like, it, it isn't just saying I went and saw that movie and it was good. Like you literally remember the theater experience yep. Yep. of seeing it for the first time. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, we are, um, we're, uh, we're inching closer to the end of the clock here. Um, have you got anything that uh, you want to say to folks on your way out? Um. Thank you for watching. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, where all can people find you at? 
Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. All of them are at Hijab Hooligan. Very easy to find. Mm-hmm. And my Twitch is uh, Dania Geddon, as in Armageddon, but with uh, Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, speaking of, like, I don't mean to bring it back up, but uh, yeah, the play on words. I, I will, one of the moments from Miss Marvel that just made me absolutely die laughing was when she referred to the clique of women who run gossip in the mock mosque as the Illuminantes. <laughs> I just died laughing. I'm like, that is so brilliant. That is really good. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. For me, it was as well when she was talking about the gin and then Bruno's like freaking out. He's like, and tonic. <laughs> that had me dead as well. I really like that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was really good they uh you know i thought in that show they were going to play up more the whole kamala and him sort of tension sort of yeah friend i've always i secretly have a crush on you even though i'm your best friend and that would you know come to something and then it just kind of i think in the first few episodes they tried they did obviously hint but then yeah just kind of fizzled out as she got into more danger i guess Mm -hmm. yeah it just became we don't talk about Bruno and we moved on. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> All right. So that was the episode with Danny. I hope you enjoyed it. She's so much fun to talk to. Um, I look forward to talking to her again in the future. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting this podcast, doing all that you do, liking, subscribing, sharing all those things that are the fuel that makes the current machine run. I'm going to get out of here before I do. I want to say thank you to all of you. I love you. And I hope you take care of each other. <laughs>